G'day Groovy Humans and welcome to A Groovy Enlightened Life. Today on the show we are talking to the beautiful, energetic and wise Mary Lou Coombs. Mary Lou shares with us her work that she does with children through activities in the schools, with yoga, helping kids to shift and change their mindsets, helping them to shift and change their thinking, their perceptions, the language that they use, encouraging them to to dig deep and really uncover who they truly are and how, how they want to show up in the world and live in alignment to their true selves. We also talk about how as a collective community, a collective society, that we all have a responsibility, whether we have kids or not, to help shape the future generations. Hope you can join us on the show today. So sit back, relax, and grab a cuppa, and let's get cracking. Welcome to the show, Mary Lou. Hello, how are you? I'm well. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, actually. I'm really excited about this, I must say. <laughs> nice. And for those of you out there who can't see the video, Mary Lou's energy is just buzzing right now. <laughs> I love this woman. I love I love her energy. You could just see it just exploding all over the place. I must say I'm working on some really exciting projects. I'm surrounded by really gorgeous people. How can I not have this energy, right? Oh, that's amazing. I love it. So how about you share a little bit about yourself with everyone and what you do in the world? Oh, my goodness. What a loaded little um, statement, right? Um, <laughs> a little bit about me. Um, I'm a mum. I love saying that I'm a mum first because so many women out there who are mums, you know, throw the phrase around of just a mum and I kind of go, you're not just a mum though, you're like a little human um, organiser and that is friggin' hard work, you know, it's hard enough to organise ourselves, let alone somebody else and then somebody else who's little and just doesn't listen to anything that you say. So I'm like mum first because, you know, that's a huge job for me. Um, two gorgeous boys who teach me so much about life and myself every day um, and I run a business working with children um, on growth mindset, gratitude, using movement, mindfulness techniques, um, you know, go into childcare centres and do a lot of yoga and mindfulness kind of exercises with them. Um, it's really rewarding and so much fun and yeah, and, you know, I love bringing that into the household as well where possible, although this year hasn't been as much because the kinder and school stuff has really taken off and really that's where I want to be because I can, um, you know, influence a lot more children with taking responsibility for their actions, their words, the way that they think, um, you know, teach them the stuff they don't really get to learn at school, all the soft skills, so to speak, kind of, um, you know, kind of um, exercises. Okay, yeah. So what age group are you actually working in? <laughs> I love working with tweens and teens. So starting from about seven, eight, um, only because of like cognitively how they get things. But And the reason I laugh is because I'm working a lot at the moment with four and five-year-olds, especially when it comes to yoga and movement and, you know, the mindfulness work. And I've got to tell you, they're freaking amazing. Like they're the ones who really get the work. Yeah, and okay. they're the ones who really, you know, like if you come into some of my yoga classes, oh my gosh, these five-year-olds versus some of the teenagers that I've taught, 
like they really get it. And I'm like, you guys are future yogis. You could start taking over my class and teaching it at the age of four and five because, you know, they've been doing it now coming up to a year um, in certain kinders that I've been going into. And they're just phenomenal. They're just phenomenal in the way they watch their posture, in the way they are aware with their words, the way they pick each other up. Like if somebody's sad, you know, because we do a lot of um, – a lot of talk about language and the way that we use our words. So when a child goes, oh, that's too hard. I can't do that. And my thing is, well, yeah, it is hard and you can't do that yet. But if you practice, then you might be able to. And it's amazing to see those that have, you know, come from that mindset and now they can do certain poses, especially the harder poses for that age group, like, you know, balancing on one foot and, you know, doing the tree pose and stretching up tall and really like holding that strong pelvic muscle and when they can the pride in their face you can you can you can feel their heart beam and it's just such a beautiful thing to see and I'm like oh but I thought you said that was too hard or you couldn't do that and just kind of busting those limiting beliefs through really simple exercises like that um it's so gorgeous and so powerful to see and they really get it and then it's like, well, what else can't you do or you thought you can't do that now you're going to give it a go and you will get better at it because you'll practice and you'll get better and you can do it. Mm. So it's all about, um, you know, not just shifting and telling a child, oh, of course you can do it. Don't believe that because I'm a big believer that if you tell yourself whatever you tell yourself, it's true. Absolutely. So I love it, you know, when I get up in front of a bunch of kids and go, if you tell yourself your crap, is that true? And they go, no, because their teachers and their parents have told them not. And I'm like, well, actually it is. And they look at me and they're like, what? And I'm like, well, yeah, you're telling yourself your crap. Of course you're crap because you're telling yourself that. Yeah, so how are you going to change that? And, you know, just giving their brain that evidence and empowering them to make the choice to think and speak differently and then act differently I really love it. Yeah, I well, do get excited about it. <laughs> That's amazing. Like, are you finding any resistance to that type of work that you're doing in, in these areas? Oh, like- de- definitely in the beginning, for sure. Like, especially if, you know, they come from a household that may not support any of this thinking. Um, you know, you see that in children. It's always evident. Um, and, you know, without judgment, I just think that we all cross paths for whatever reason. Um, so definitely with a lot of kids, like I had a child um, at a kinder, a four-year-old who for a whole term would just sit on the mat and would not do any poses. And the teachers are like, come on, you got to do this. I'm like, no, actually he doesn't. Just let him sit there. Even if I have to do the poses all myself and they all just watch, that's okay because on an unconscious level, they're still getting the information. Um, and then one day this kid decides, well, he's going to do the downward dog. I was like, yay, you know, well done you. Look at you. You're joining us now. Um, and then his teacher tells me his mum comes home, uh, comes to school, sorry, and says, where is he learning some of these words? Because I, I do a certain thing in the end where I go, um, you know, let's end our session with bringing all the love to our mind for positive thoughts and down to our lips for kind words and into our heart. Um, and he was going home and doing all of that with his younger two-year-old sister. Oh, wow. And his mum's like, where is he getting this stuff from? And then, you know, it was from yoga. So how amazing is it that, yes, what we might see as resistance, um, you know, and every child learns differently in their own way and Mm. depending on, you know, 
yeah, depending on their background, depending also on how they learn. I know my um, eldest, he's a type of kid who just stands back, watches everything, but then boom, he does it. But he watches for a long time before he gets, you know, involved or participates in any way. So it's kind of just taught me um, to truly allow children to just take things in their own time rather than putting our own expectations and values on them, you know, mm. to do it in our time because that's what we think they should do. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, in, in, in regard to that resistance, it most definitely, and, again, it's about giving them that power to make that decision to then, you know, work with it rather than, yeah, against it and, and you know, go through with those, like, you must do this, you should do this or this is what's expected of you. Mm, yeah, yeah. Oh, I like that. I like that. Just allowing them to be themselves and to find their way, essentially. <laughs> A hundred percent, Maya. How many times do we work with adults who are doing that at the age of 40 and 50? Come on. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. <laughs> and, you know, peeling back those layers of onion that they've just conditioned mm. themselves over the years and then, boom, why are we giving these skills to children? This is what's mm. made me so passionate working with children because when I started this business, I was like, I've always known I would work in the personal development space. I've got a bachelor in social science with psych and sociology, my majors, right? And I always thought I would work in counselling or psychology or something. I really didn't like it when I finished junior. I was like, this is a load of crock. This is not what I want to do. Not this way anyway. Yeah. Um, and then kind of lived a very different life where I worked in travel and I travelled a lot and lived in different countries, which has been amazing because that's contributed a lot to the type of person I am today as well. But after having children and doing my own personal development and inner work, I knew that I would come back to this. And originally it was like, oh, yeah, working with women and working with mums. But then I was like, well, no, why, why aren't we teaching the children this? So mm. they don't have to wait so long to learn it, um, you know, further down the track. And it doesn't mean that crap isn't going to happen in our life. It just means we're going to have the tools to be able to deal with um, adversity when it happens. Mm, absolutely and you're finding like the teachers are responsive to this sort of practice most most mm -hmm. yeah I would say most but also um when it comes to the way I talk to the teachers and the words that I use again I kind of put it back on them as their responsibility if that makes sense because yeah. really this is what we lack in the world is we take responsibility for things that we have no control over and we give away the responsibility of the things that we can control i.e ourselves right yeah and but we want to control other people and it's like oh they're being bitchy to me and they're the bully and they're da -da 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 -da. And it's like well what are you doing you know so if you've got a difficult classroom hello what's your energy like i don't say it so much like that to them but mm, i yeah, yeah. Yeah, on a subliminal way and kind of, I mean, some people might say, oh, that's, are you using NLP as a sneaky way doing that? <laughs> well, you know what? If you want to see it that way, fine, but also I get awesome results because then those teachers change their vibration with the children and you can see the way the whole classroom just changes. You know, I've had teachers come up to me going, how did you handle that? And honestly, all I do is visualize and drop into like totally into um, my, you know, sexual chakra into my heart space, completely align my energy and just sit there quietly while the room is being really rowdy. And all of a sudden you just see everybody quiet and down and all the kids get on their mat and they just stop talking. I don't even have to say anything. <laughs> and the teacher's like, 
what voodoo are you working here? And I'm like, well, actually, I'm not. I'm just focusing on my energy. Yeah. And then they have they have almost like no, no choice, but, you know, they just respond to that. So when you're stressed out as a teacher, when you're feeling, you know, overwhelmed and crap and whatever, just imagine then what's going to happen to your student. And mm. so, again, yeah, and most teachers are really, really good with it and I have a lot of these sort of conversations with them, you know. Um, so I've seen a lot of them shift and change as well, which is beautiful, really, really beautiful, really positive. And is the the work that you're doing with the kids going back to the homes? Like you did mention before that that kid was teaching uh, the younger children in his family. Is it also influencing the parents? I would like to think so. Uh, this is the tricky part about my job sometimes in regards to feedback. I don't always see it. So sometimes I just have to trust that the work that I do is doing its goodness in the way that it's meant to without me getting that evidence you know, straight away. So like if I was to work with an adult and we were to, um, you know, basically see where we're at right now and then a year later see where we've come to, you can assess and kind of measure that. With children, it's a little bit harder. I can only measure what I see in the classroom. Um, I don't necessarily always know whether it's going back home. However, having said that, knowing children and knowing what comes from home to the classroom and what I hear, (laughs) I'm hoping then that also goes the other way. Yeah. <laughs> it goes home and, you know, because kids talk, you find out all yeah. sorts of fun things from kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I can only hope that it really does. Yeah, no, it you sounds know. good. So from what I'm hearing, and correct me if I'm wrong, you're helping these kids to really connect into their true self. Would that be a true statement? Yeah, totally, into who they are and to fully um, – you know, feel empowered and thrive in a way that we were never taught to do so in school, that a lot of parents um, may not know how because their parents never raised them up that way. I definitely wasn't raised up that way. You know, my mum looks at me now and she goes, I just love how much you know and teach me because I never knew that with you and your brother. And my mum did a lot of things intuitively, but she had a lot of... um, challenges that she faced as well you know we we I wasn't born in Australia we came here when I was 10 so my mum was 30 and I think about myself when I was 30 you know like wow what she must have gone through not speaking the language um, you know having to look for work you know starting off as basically a factory worker and working her way up the ranks to become a training manager at Australia Post like that is a huge thing for a woman who was pulled out of school at you know year eight at the age of 14 I think she was um so to not have any formal education after that I I know when she says to me you know I never knew these things and look at what you're doing now I kind of go yeah I hope I hope that parents can have this information that we didn't grow up with learning ourselves Mm. yeah absolutely and I guess, do you find that it's difficult for children these days to embrace who they truly are with the society that we've created? See, I'd like to say, yes, it's improving because of the circles that I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> but then when I'm out of those circles, I'm not so sure. Because yeah. when you go into start doing research into higher anxiety, higher depression, I mean, when did we ever self-harm, you know, at such a young age? Mm. 
you know, 10 years ago, like, yes, I knew some self-harmers, but never to the extent of today. Um, Sometimes I feel like with some of the youth that I work with, um, you know, is it happening because it's trendy and a lot of people are doing it. So collectively on an unconscious level, Mm. energetically, that's what kids start then doing as well. Um, I think youth today face such tougher challenges even though we've evolved as humans, we've got better technology, we're more connected than ever globally. And everything's got its polar, right? Everything's got its yin and yang, right? Because the pressure that that puts on children, the the, the way that they're never really able to switch off, um, the way the pressures of, you know, what's happening with the Kardashians because it's 24-7 online and you start thinking that that's the way life should look like. So there's a lot more pressures and that is not really helping people show up true as who they are. Yes. A lot of like the tweens and teens that I've worked with asking them the right questions about who they really are and why they allow these influences in their lives. And, you know, you watch children, like even mine as young as six and eight, when I say something to them about, you know, question some of the decisions that they made when they didn't make such a good choice. And it comes down to other people doing it. Mm. And so the influence, you know, and I just think Mm. that's human nature because of the herd mentality of wanting to fit in. Mm -hmm. So that's a, you know, a really kind of huge thing to tackle of how do we know what our true self is when really we are driven by wanting to be comfortable and fitting in? Yeah. You know, yeah. and again, getting in and teaching children this at such a young age of, like, I know my boys look at me in such awesome times when I go, well, no, I'm not going to be friends with that person because <laughs> they treated me like this, 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 you know, yeah. and and I'm watching them now making some choices with their friends at such a young age going, well, they disrespected me like this or they spoke to me like this or they pushed me over and they're always mean to me. I don't have to put up with that anymore. And Mm. I can still shine, not dim my light and shine, not upset somebody else. And it's such a fine line, not just as a child, but as a parent teaching them this, you know, and me having had to do my own inner work in this and thinking sometimes, Ooh, I got this. And then boom, something happens. And I go, Oh crap. I still got more work to do. Yeah. That's such a huge question of what really is our true self um, and how do we commit to every day showing up as our true self and, you know, Mm. transferring that to children in today's society. So my answer to your question is yes and no. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's yin and yang. In fact, I'll just tell you now in advance, a lot of my answers to your questions are going to be yes and no. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Is that sort of like sitting on the fence or? <laughs> no. Do you know, can I really honestly share this with your, um, Absolutely. with your listeners? It's because, you know, and this is really, really embodied quite recently in me. And I feel so energized by this and in my outlook in life, in the way that I react to things is um, imagine life being a pendulum, right? Or being like a, like a, you know, like a swing. And most people, what we do is we go, So the human mind is always wanting to avoid pain and seek pleasure. That's the way that we work as humans, right? So what we do in that pendulum is we go, I want to feel good, I want to feel good, I want to feel good, and then, boom, something happens to balance us out and bring us back to the middle. But because we are so on a high, we go back the other way, right? And we are (laughs) feeling 
you know, the opposite polar. So let's just say we felt plus five good, now we're feeling minus five crap. And what we do then is we ignore that emotion of feeling minus five bad and we go back to wanting to feel good. And so we swim back on the other side of the pendulum. But what if we actually sat in the middle and worked on being balanced in the middle, right? And what I've learned is everything in life has its polar. Like we can't be up here and we can't be down here. We actually need to be in the middle and every situation now, any situation that you give me, I'll go, well, that's got its pros and cons. Mm, every absolutely. single thing in life. So imagine if we looked at things with this new lens of that's neither good or bad or that mm. is both good and bad and found the value in everything. So you know, like in extreme cases of trauma, um, you know, things even as bad as rape, we can find value in that and go and grow from that and find that middle ground in our pendulum so that we're not swinging in our emotions back and forth. So when you ask me any question like, like that one, you know, is there, um, you know, is there room for children to be their true self? Do you think that life now has helped that or not? It's both because in everything there's positive and negative. Yeah, so that's 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 why I'm saying you know in advance it's yes or no to any question. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll tickle them off then. <laughs> I'll just but avoid I'm those questions. Well. <laughs> no worries, no worries. So I guess in relation to that question before, like what could we do as a collective community to to improve the situation? Oh, I love that question so much because imagine as a collective collective community if we all took responsibility for our own actions, our own thoughts, our own, you know, how we show up daily. You know, we can, we can stand and scream about um, pollution and about climate change, for example, because that's a huge issue right now, right? Yeah, yeah. We can scream about that and say we want all of that out there to change but we have no control over that other than what we decide to do. Our own actions, our own ways of showing up, our own language, our own, you know, what we do in our own household. And yes, it may seem like that's just one person, but imagine if every single person took control, not of what's outside of them, but what's inside of them, because that is truly the only thing we can control. Everything else is an illusion. Absolutely. Um, you know, so really collectively, if we come back to what we can control and what we, what action we can take. So, you know, I, I actually even say to people, even if you don't have a child and you think our oh, children are not relevant to you and you, in fact, don't even like children, <laughs> you put your responsibility on how they turn out because of how you show up, mm. you know? And so if you want a decent community around you, how are you showing up? Absolutely. So what are, I guess, some simple practical actions besides, I guess, taking responsibility that people could do to make those changes and, and even, I guess, encourage and help kids to embrace who they truly are and, and make that connection with themselves? Yeah. Some simple things I think would be to be honest with yourself. I know it's so hard. It's so hard to face the truth, but honestly, awareness is 50% of a problem solved. So if you can bring awareness to something that's not working in your life 
And simply, you just ask yourself, is this working for me? If the answer is no, then change needs to be made. And already, if the answer is no, you've got that 50% awareness, and then you can take action to actually do something about it. Um, seek professional help. Reach out to others. Um, volunteer. You know, volunteering is a huge aspect of my life because the world isn't about me, even though it is about me, if that makes sense, because... <laughs> I can control me and take control, whatever. But then, you know, let's just say I'm feeling down. Go into an animal shelter or go into a migrant. Like I've helped out, you know, teaching English to migrants. It changes my whole vibration, changes my whole perspective and allows me to think very differently about my solutions. Um, and it's not about, you know, minimizing whatever I'm going through, but it's actually putting it into perspective and not going because we tend to go inwards again in a very wrong way. We go inwards in being depressed and, you know, life sucks and it's pushing me down rather than going inwards and clearing stuff out and really looking and making friends with that yucky emotion and kind of not letting it have that hold over you. So, again, I just think the way that we get taught to do things, I mean, we don't get taught. We actually That's don't. Right. We learn That's it exactly along the way. And we just make up our own stuff of whatever <laughs> – whatever causes yep. us the least amount of discomfort and gives yep. us the most amount of pleasure. I mean, that's mm. just the way humans work. That's it. So it's just really nice to kind of become aware, seek professional help if you need to, um, you know, implement new things like do your breathing. I mean, it's so simple, right? Like people go, oh, yeah, just breathe. But no, like truly deep belly breathing, go back to learning how to breathe properly, changes just the oxygen that you're getting to your brain. So if you're feeling down and depressed, it's just one way to be able to shift that, you know? Um, understanding our physiology and biology when it comes to this sort of stuff really, really helps. It, it's all about becoming conscious, really, and just it kind is. of going, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah but, you know, seeking help and not thinking that you need to do it alone mm. um, and that you're not alone because a lot of times when we get into certain things and – um, you know, even I actually really don't like the whole phrase of finding myself. And a lot of mums use this, like, oh, I, I need to find myself. I'm like, oh, where, where did you get lost? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's like, imagine if we looked at creating ourselves, ah, um, you yes. know, because especially like with motherhood, once we have children, you can't have the life that you had before. And it's a big it's the biggest cause of depression and anxiety in mothers, I find, thinking that they, you know, imagine if I could just go back to, oh, yeah, I'm going to Machu Picchu now. Um, see you later, kids. Yeah, I'm just going to go off and live in Brazil for three months like I did before I had you. You know, and it was an awesome life, and I did all of that before having children for that reason. But to think that I can still have that now, mm. you know, or how I was before and that kind of freedom. So it's about shifting and reframing what you think about um like for me what freedom means in the context of my life now what my reality is and actually yeah changing that to suit and knowing that yeah you're not alone you're not alone that there's other people who feel the way that you do and collectively can move forward together mm, absolutely and you mentioned before about the impact of our language and the way we speak and what we actually say and how that influences, you know, particularly children, but it influences everybody around us, let's be honest. Totally. Language, I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated by language because my first languages are Arabic and French. So learning English 
the way I look at the English language sometimes, it, I just find it really amusing because I see it from a different perspective, right? Um, and it is language is just so powerful in not just just the negative and positive words that we use, but what I've learned since studying neurolinguistic programming as well is um, the unconscious way that we we say things. You know, like if I was to say, um, I don't know, I love you, but yeah. <laughs> I've just negated the whole I love you, right? But how many times do you pick people up saying that? Mm. Or yes, I'm really going to do this. Or I'm going to, this is my favorite with children in particular, where they go, oh yeah, I'm going to try. And I'm like, well, try and pick up a pen. And they look at me and they pick it up. And I'm like, no, 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 you just did it. I want you to try. And then they don't do it. I'm like, what are you doing? And they're like, uh, uh, and I'm like, exactly, you're trying. So you're either doing it or you're not doing it. Mm-hmm. Make a decision. Again, it comes back to being conscious, conscious living, right? Make a decision and do it. So watching our language, I can tell a lot by a person of whether they'll get something done or not, um, how they truly feel about themselves, just by picking up on these little, little things in their language. But yeah, you know, when it comes to languages, it is the most powerful thing because your brain is a sponge and it's really only operates by what you tell it to do. So when you are telling yourself, for example, I'm crap at this, I don't look good, you know, I won't be successful at this, the brain is just going to look for evidence where it's going to support that. So imagine if you told yourself the opposite where in the beginning it might feel difficult because it's you know, unnatural to you because you've been telling yourself this story of can't for so long or the negative for so long. Imagine if you told the other story of positive and what you would like to achieve. You know, Louise Hay, I love all her affirmation work, um, you know, but one thing that really stuck with me, it's like, well, affirmations are neither positive or negative. They can be both. You're just affirming whatever it is that you tell yourself. Um, and then mm. languaging on when we talk to children, like, oh, my gosh, I can go deep into this. But, you know, um, when we tell them, for example, you know, they're climbing a tree. And it's like, watch out, don't fall, don't fall. You, oh, you're going to fall, watch out, that's really high, that's really dangerous. Of course you come from a good place, you want to protect your child. But listen to those words, you know. Are you basically telling them, don't trust your body, you're going to fall. And then when they fall, you go, I told you so. I'm like, damn right, you told him so. Because yeah. he told him. <laughs> that was climbing the tree so the brain listened to that and did that and that's how we actually work as humans so imagine if you told that child hey buddy trust your body watch what you're doing watch your footing what do you think that child's brain's going to do then versus you know what I mean so it's Absolutely. a huge impact and especially when and kids pull you up on stuff believe you me like if you tell kids oh no we can't say that or we must say that and then you do the opposite they will pull you up on it because children know. <laughs> and then it's only when they start getting conditioned and we put our shoulds on them yes. that, you know, yeah, that it changes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So at a, at a Groovy Enlightened Life, we talk a lot about living in alignment to our true self. What are some of your thoughts around that and the importance of, you know, doing that, living that alignment? And how does that relate to discovering our values? What a beautiful question. God, I love your stuff. (laughs) 
isn't it? It's just for me, honestly, especially now I'm in my wise 40s. <laughs> you know, something clicked in wisdom wise when I turned 40. I don't know what it was, like a huge light bulb. But for me, alignment with my true self is anything that feels that. The way that I see it, right, is that we think so much with up here with our brain. But then there's feelings that happen in our heart and there's also feelings that happen in our gut. And if we really align the three, because all three are powerful, one never really overrides the others, although a lot of people go, oh, just listen to your heart. I'm like, no, that's bullshit, because you can end up being in a long-term DV situation if you listen to your heart, right? Sometimes you need to listen to the, not sometimes, all the time, you need to listen (laughs) to the brain, heart, and gut together. So being in alignment with your true self, I feel, is like being in alignment with those three things together. So let's just say bring it to something as simple as me being asked to do an event. If I do not, so my mind might go, oh, yeah, that will be really good for your career. But my, then my gut is going, oh, I really don't want to do this. And my heart is just not in it. I'm not aligned. And I'm not being true to my own, to my true self. Does that make sense? So, But when my gut goes, oh, my God, I'm excited to do this, and my brain goes, oh, that'll be really good for you, and my heart goes, oh, my gosh, that just really fulfilled me. To be honest with you, it's the same as this podcast. Like I'm using the example, actually, as this, because when I got told about you and I read the stuff, I'm like, oh, that sounds amazing, and that's aligned with what I want to do. And And so that's being true to myself. But then, you know, some of the other stuff, and I think also when you start paying attention to what feels difficult and what feels easy, that's what kind of gives you the indication of being true to yourself as well. Because if you're pushing shit up, you know, up a hill, <laughs> you're not being really true to yourself. And people, I think, sometimes confuse that with getting out of our comfort zone, which is a yes. huge thing right now in personal development. It's like, oh, get out of your comfort zone, man. Push your- <laughs> I'm like, no, nah, none of that bullshit. That is, that is not what getting out of your comfort zone is. Um, yeah, so it's that alignment. So if you get the butterflies and you're scared, um, like I'll give you another example. Um, for my 30th, we went and did a huge, awesome trip in New Zealand. Um, I'm petrified of heights. So I jump out of a plane to get over my fear of heights because I'm more afraid of the fear itself and having a hold over me and I yeah. won't allow that in my life. So my gut is going, oh my God, oh my God, like this is really scary, right? But then my heart is like, no, you must do this and this is what's going to make you grow. And my head is looking for, okay, where's the safety of this? Where's the safety of that? And I went down, sailing down this cave and my husband and I still talk about it and laugh our heads off because I literally turned like as white as the rock behind me, I think. <laughs> I was so scared. But when you go into that alignment of the three, you go, you know that that's for your higher good and you know then you are actually going through a breakthrough out of your comfort zone but it's not pushing. Yes. Does that make sense? Like that's that kind of distinguish between, because yeah, I get a lot of people going, oh, but I need to push out of my comfort zone, but God, I really hate doing this. And it's like, well, you're not in alignment. Something's in misalignment. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. The way I experience it myself is a heaviness or a lightness, essentially. So if it's feeling heavy, there's something in misalignment that I need to pull out and figure it out. If it feels easy, you know, everything just flows. So to me, that's as simple as that for me. (laughs) Simple. Exactly. It is. It really is that simple. We don't need to complicate it. So pay attention to what your body does. And in regards to your gut, to your heart, what your mind is saying, align those three. And honestly, it is the easiest formula. 
Mm, absolutely. And I know you've done a little bit of work, work in the values uh, discovery sort of place. What can you talk about that? Um, I recently interviewed John <laughs> Martini on values, Woo! which I absolutely loved. I love, I highly recommend his work and his book in particular, The Values Factor to People. Um, he immensely, his work immensely helped me actually overcome um, depression and understand why I do depression. His work and Anthony Robbins' work, I must say, um, but with John Martini in particular, because understanding how we are driven by our values, we never, we don't, we no longer put our expectations on anybody else. So, you know, for example, a huge value of mine and this image that I had in my mind is that when I had children, that my mum would be around helping me, you know, being with the kids, cooking together, all this stuff. Now, that's the furthest thing from my mum's values as possible as I could get. Now, we could have got into a huge conflict in that. And I used to get really depressed and really unwell. Then my mum would drop everything. Of course, she wants to be there for her daughter looking after her and helping her. That's how I was getting my values met. Mm. Um, you know, and when I came to understand how we, uh, we operate from our values and actually not putting our values on anybody else or us living in anybody else's value, it's really tough. And we, you know, like I'm still, I still do this in our relationship in particular with your partner. It's really, really tough, but it's really important when we catch ourselves and become aware again is when we can implement the change, right? And kind of go, oh, my biggest indicator now is when I start feeling depressed and I go, oh, who, who, who's, whose value, you know, who's am I putting my values on? Um, who do I need attention from? Who and A, giving myself that attention and filling my own cup rather than expecting it from somebody else. And then two, actually now being able to say to my mum, because I explained a lot of this stuff to her, hey, I don't want to get depressed for you to come spend time with me. Can we spend some time together? Yeah. So it's really, really empowering understanding what drives us. Um, we all are driven, you know, differently. Like I might have family as my highest value you might have family as your highest value but we're going to be driven by it differently and what that means to us um or even connection you know a lot of people go oh yeah I'm such a connector and connection is a high value of mine I'm like but how do you connect because people do it all differently um so yeah I I find it when we really understand how we're driven by our values again we can be true to ourselves and come in alignment to how we want to live our life and for me for example you know being such a connector and connection being a high value of mine I was going out and networking all the time and just connecting left right and center and I was left depleted because I wasn't being aligned to my true self at all I was just being driven by that value um, and then when I actually you know scaled back and went right what type of connection do I want to have what type of feeling do I want to have in my body how do I want this to show up in my life how am I going to show up with this Asking ourselves some tough questions and, you know, sometimes having FOMO is okay. It's no <laughs> big deal. Um, and, and when we make friends with that, then it flows a bit better, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, it's all about, as we've discussed through this whole episode, coming into awareness of ourselves, discovering, working through that inner stuff, and then creating the life we actually want to live, you know? And that's the thing, creating the life that we want to live. We all have that power, don't we? Absolutely. Yeah. Some of us just 
think it's outside of us, but it's not. It really mm. is not. And, you know, for those that are listening and going, oh, but it's just too hard and too big, you're right. You don't eat, you know, a whole meal all at once. You actually take bites and, you know, spoonfuls of your meal before you get through your whole dinner. And it's the same with life. Just pick one area. You know, like my list I showed you before, I literally have – 40 things on my list of things that I need to do, like paying bills and promoting certain events and blah, blah, blah. And imagine if I tried to do all that at once, I'd get nothing done. So it's like, okay, going, all right, just pick one. It doesn't even have to be prioritized. Just pick one thing and start there, you know, whether it's drinking lemon in the morning for to better your health or whether it's going to sleep earlier. Just start with one thing and then build up on that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, Mary Lou, a really big question coming. <laughs> Are you ready? And no, no sitting on the fence. No, I'm only kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Love your work. I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. So if you had a magic wand to solve one issue in the world, what would it be? I feel like I'm Miss Universe now. Right, oh, that's just... it. I just saw a crown just be placed on your head right now. Oh, I love it. Um, <laughs> Oh, gosh, I'd love to say world peace. You're so right. I can't sit on the fence. Honestly, what I would magically, you know, um, wave my wand around is to to let every person, definitely every child, to know that they have the power within to live and create the life that they want. Sounds yeah. beautiful. Yeah. I love it. And nice and simple too. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> I could say a lot, a lot of the time. So oh, no, no, I think that's simple. perfect. I think that's absolutely perfect. Nice and simple, to simple. the point, to the point. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for being on the show. Are there any final words of wisdom you'd like to share with us today? No, but I really want to thank you. I love your energy as well, you know, and I love what you're creating and, and, just keep on doing your magic and yeah like really thank you thank you for having me on here and just having the opportunity to talk like this because I feel sometimes you know I just want to share this and there's not enough of me I wish I could duplicate me there's another you know wish for the wand like I could duplicate <laughs> me and have more people but you know I'm really excited about um, the circles that I am in and seeing a lot of people creating this magic and um, you know us connecting and kind of you know bringing these messages out as far as we could like I'm, I'm really grateful and really honored so thank you that folks was Mary Lou Coombs and if you couldn't tell that woman was on fire energy wise just beaming absolutely beautiful soul that I enjoyed interviewing I love the work that Mary Lou was doing uh, in helping children come to discover who they are and really accept that and teaching them the tools that a lot of us never got taught and is still not getting taught today. It's only those little pockets that you'll find that people are teaching the future generations some tools to cope and manage and, and to go through life. If you'd like to get in touch with Mary Lou, find out a little bit more about her, head over to sagacityrising.com forward slash AGEL 017. And if you'd like to continue the conversation, head over to tribe.agrivianlightandlife.com. Thanks again for taking the time out of your life to listen to the episode today. Stay groovy, my friends. Maya out.